This is the New Life Rancho Vista podcast. We are a church committed to loving God, growing together, and serving others. Our prayer and desire is that this message from our campus pastor, Peter Moore, will be a help and an encouragement to you, regardless of where you are in your relationship with Jesus. So let's open our hearts and minds as we turn our attention to the incredible truths God has for us today. We're in week two of Truth Be Told, and last week we kicked off the series in Psalm 119, and we're talking about truth. And last week we talked about the lie of control. I wanted to emphasize a few things and underscore some things before we start into the second message. But the lie of control basically says that the more everything around you is out of control, the more everything inside you desires to have control. And what I wanted to say about everything that's going on in our society is I wanted to compare what you see in the news and around you to what God said last week about the judgments being laid before us. The word judgments is to have a fair proceeding or fair and just sentence. You know, justice starts when we identify people around us as God identifies them when we give value to them as God gives value to all men equally. And when we value people as God values people, we recognize racism as a sin. Now, if you have questions about any of these things, we've been discussing these things in small groups and other settings. Uh, We would love to talk to you. Please reach out to us because there is so much that the Bible says about love and and human dignity, and we want to uh, discuss these matters. But I wanted just to, before we open up, just have a word of prayer. Uh, because the darker the night, the brighter the light. And we're, we are just shining the light of truth into your home and around this community. We want to pray that the Lord uses this truth that we're about to share as a, a specific help in this present time of need. Let's pray. God, I pray that you'd please help those that are watching. If there's one watching that does not know you as Savior, may they trust you as Savior today. I pray that you'd help us as we study the second lie, the lie of later. Help us, Lord, to understand your truth from your word. Help us to trust your word as as it pertains to life and godliness. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, when we look around us, we see darkness. And and we see the fact that it's good versus evil. The fact that darkness prevails many times. and, and, And it discourages us. But I want to encourage you with something that the truth of God's word can transform the darkest of hearts. It can bring change where there seems to be no change. It can bring life where there seems to be no life. And the key verses of this passage that we've been studying is Psalm 119, 29, where it says, Remove from me the way of lying. And I have chosen, then he says, he contrasts the way of lying with the way of truth. Verse 30. Now, today we're going to be talking about the lie of later. Last week was the lie of control. Today, the lie of later is being contrasted by the truth of stewardship and surrender. I want you to look at verses 59 and 60 of Psalm 119. It says this, I thought on my ways and turned my feet unto thy testimonies. I made haste and delayed not to keep thy commandments. Now, we all tell ourselves the lie of later. I'm going to exercise tomorrow. I'm going to start that project next week. I'm going to deal with that really complicated issue or relational problem later. We all tell ourselves the lie of later. And, 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 and I was confronted over and over again through this study uh, with how I've told myself the lie of later. 
It, it, it dwells in all of us. Regardless of if you, if you count yourself as a procrastinator or not, the lie of later is still there uh, because the seed of doubt and deception is still there like we talked about last week. I was reminded about a mom who was really frustrated with her procrastinating teenage son. And she, uh, just in her frustration, said, you will never succeed because of your procrastination. And he looked into his mom's eye and, and out of anger, he said, oh, I will succeed. Just you wait. And his mom res responded and said, that's the problem. Stop waiting and start doing things right now. You know, waiting's not bad. Waiting's not wrong at all. In fact, the key thought as we begin is that waiting has its place. And when it keeps us, though, from walking in the ways of God, it's out of place. The lie of later says you can wait. It can wait. But walking in the ways of God can't wait. Walking in truth can't wait. And so when he says that I've thought on my ways, I've turned my feet, I've made haste, I've delayed not, he, he's, he's pointing out the, the tendency toward waiting and the, the lie of later and he's elevating the truth of stewardship and surrender. How so? Well, there's three truths here to confront the lie of later. First, that, that, that procrastination is blindly presumptuous. Really is, isn't it? But that stewardship, number two, we're going to see, that stewardship is proactively urgent. And finally, we're going to see how surrender is always immediate, right away. All right, so let's look at the first one. That Procrastination is blindly, blindly presumptuous. It's, it's overly presumptuous. It, it can't see its own uh, presumptuous ways. And in verse, 30, in verse 59, he says, I thought on my ways, and I turned my feet unto thy testimonies. I thought on my ways. Have you thought on your ways? Have you stopped and just pondered the path of your feet, as Proverbs says? I want to give you two principles from the, the Word of God that it always points out about pondering the path of your feet. I think this will really help you. By the way, if you haven't downloaded the notes, you can go onto our website, findnewlife.church slash messages. We'd love for you to download the PDF, share it with your friends. But the lie of later is confronted with the truth about pondering the path of your feet. Now, when we're pondering our path, there's two things we need to look at. Number one, the Bible says, if you, if you want to think about pondering your path, you need to look, number one, that the next step is always the most important. You can worry about the steps you have to take or be afraid or, or have shame because of the steps you've already taken, but really the only step that matters is your next step. And the second truth we find in Scripture is that the end of the path always should affect the next step. So when we begin with the end in mind, we understand that all of our priorities are put into perspective with the next step. And so uh, Psalm 119.83 says, For I am become like a bottle in the smoke. What does that mean? They used to have these leather bottles and they would, they would put them over fires to dry them out. And they would start uh, with being big and, and robust and being able to hold lots of water. And then over the smoke, it would kind of shrivel up and it would, it would not be as large or as useful. He was like a bottle in the smoke. He, he was weak. But yet he said, I do not forget thy statutes. And what he was really saying is, I'm not going to allow what's happening around me to affect what's going on inside me. And I'm not going to allow what's happening around me to affect my next step. So the lie of later says, I have time. 
I have time, so I'm going to take my time. The live leader says, I don't need to worry about the next step because I can just take my time taking the next step. I remember in college, uh, my freshman year, I really struggled with due dates. You know, the, the teacher, they, they give you the syllabus and tells you when all of your uh, assignments are due and, and, and when all of your tests are going to be uh, taken. And, and, and I, I, I never forget, I mean, it was almost like clockwork. Every time there was a test the next day or an assignment due, I would always freak out and say, oh my goodness, I have that test, I got to work. And, and, and I would take an all-nighter and I would stay up all night working on it. And there's a few problems with working all night on something. First of all, uh, if you read what you wrote at 3.30 in the morning, it doesn't make sense at all. Uh, to you, the teacher, nothing. Uh, and, and, and looking back, you know, I was telling stories that didn't even make sense and didn't even have anything to do with the topic that I was writing about. And then when you come to take the test, okay, you're being stumped by the simplest of questions. I mean, I'm not talking about like the double negative, you know, uh, questions, you know, pride is not, not wrong. What, what, you know, not, no trick questions. You're, you're stumped by the easy things. Life is the same way. When we cram, when we procrastinate, when we do things on the fly, when we don't take our time and really take the next step that we need to when we need to take it, you know, we spend life saying things that we don't know why we said it or doing things. And we say, why did we do that? And, 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 and really trying to make sense of everything is, is difficult. Why? Because we bought into the lie of later. And so cramming doesn't work in life and with our key priorities. And one of the key thoughts that I wanted to give you is that the lie of later ignores the truth. And here's the truth that life is too short to refuse God's way. It's too short. The doorway to God's best, and if you forget everything else I say today, I want you to remember this. The doorway to God's best for you begins and ends with Jesus. Now, if you're a skeptic and you're like, really, really God's best, it, it starts with Jesus. Where's Jesus in this passage? Psalm 119, I didn't hear Jesus's name. I want to point something out to you that, that maybe you've never noticed before, but I believe that Jesus is on almost every page of the Old Testament. Maybe not on every page, but almost every page. And in Psalm 119, there are 22 sections of eight verses. They coordinate with the 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet. Every single one of those letters in Hebrew has a pictograph. So they would draw pictures to remind them or teach the letters. The letter uh, in the Hebrew alphabet, each letter in the Hebrew alphabet actually stands for something that Jesus said he was or that someone else said that Jesus would be. I want to point this out to you. In Psalm 119.25, it says, Daleth, my soul cleaveth unto the dust. Quicken thou, make me alive, thou, according to thy word. Why does it say Daleth? Well, that's the fourth letter in the Hebrew alph alphabet. And the pictograph is a door. Did you know Jesus said he was the door? In fact, in John 10, in verse 7, he says, He said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. All that uh, ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. 
The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy, but I am come that they might have life and they might have it more abundantly. You see, Jesus is the door. He is the door offering forgiveness and he is the door offering you relationship and closeness in your life. In fact, uh, Jesus told the church of Laodicea, he said, Behold, uh, I, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him and sup with him and he with me. You see, he wants to have relationship with you. And so David is saying in our key verse here, uh, in verse 59, he says, I turn my feet unto his testimonies. Now, we've studied the word, we've studied uh, the statutes, which means boundaries. We've studied uh, some of the other words uh, like uh, precepts, values last week. But this week, I'm going to talk about the word testimonies. It's actually the Hebrew word adah. It means to witness or have legal evidence that is true. It means also, though, a place of gathering. As much as evidence is good, what is right? Being around the people who are getting things right is both necessary and refreshing in our life. It's a gathering, ada. It literally means to be testimony by someone's presence, to have testimony by someone's presence. And so God has brought us together in this gathering, albeit over the internet, but he's given us this moment to understand his priorities in life. And you know the priority of Scripture is to point out that life is, is, is but a vapor. The brevity of life is, is all throughout Scripture. But not just the brevity of life, but the reality of eternity. And procrastination is presumptuous because it assumes that the future will be there. It, is, it assumes that there's a guaranteed amount of time. That you have more time so you can just procrastinate. That you can waste time. And in Proverbs 27 and verse 1, it says, Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. We don't know what today is going to bring. In fact, it could be like Revelation 4, 1, where, where Jesus today just says, Come up hither, and the rapture happens. Friends, I don't know what's going to happen. But the one thing I do know is that pr procrastination is blindly presumptuous. It presumes that you have time. So I want you to turn this verse, verse 59, on yourself. I want you to think about it in terms of you. So think about this. When he says, I have thought on my ways, ask yourself, have I thought on my ways? When he says, I have turned my feet unto his testimonies, ask myself, have I turned my feet unto his testimonies? See, David continues to talk about these testimonies in, in Psalm 119, 108 or 168. He says, I have kept thy precepts and thy testimonies for all my ways are before thee. I have declared my ways, verse 26, and thou hurtest me, teach me thy statutes. You see, presumption is what procrastination brings. But stewardship is all about urgency. Let me prove that to you. Look at verse number 60. Number two, stewardship is proactively urgent. It's proactively urgent. Verse number 60 says, I've made haste and delayed not to keep thy commandments. He thought, that's to take an account. He turned, that's to change course. And then he made haste, that's the urgency. Now the lie of later says, I, if it doesn't feel urgent, it's probably not that important. But there are so many things in life that are really important that don't feel urgent. I've been trying to teach my boys that diligence is staying on mission until the point of completion. Continuing the task until the job is done. That's diligence. And, and the psalmist said, Thou hast commanded us to keep thy precepts diligently. 
He said, I will run the way of thy commandments when thou shalt enlarge my heart. Why did David need a bigger heart? Well, because God was wanting to put his perspective on top of or in his heart. And so stewardship, here's a key thought, is focusing on what is important, not just urgent. And so it's having God's heart on a matter, not just when it's urgent, but also every single day when we know that it's important. Now, uh, recently I heard of something. It's called wing walking. I don't know if you've ever heard of this. I don't know where I've been. I had never heard of wing walking until this week. But it, it originated back in the 1920s. It's where people, uh, these uh, fighter pilots, came back from World War I, and they were so hyped up on adrenaline from, from fighting and, and warfare that they literally made up this, this game called wing walking. And it's where you would start flying the plane, and then while the plane gets up to altitude and kind of levels off, you jump out of the cockpit, you tie a rope around you, and you start walking back and forth on the wings. Now I thought, man, pff, those crazy people in the 20s. Friends, people are still doing this today. People, that's an actual thing. You can actually go, please don't do this, but you can actually go wing walking yourself and you're just tethered by one rope. It's crazy. See, people are so addicted to what is urgent, they often underappreciate the important. And that little rope tethering you to safety is not enough. It's not enough because the priority of safety and, and, and health and well-being is far more important than the feeling that you're getting from that adrenaline of being on top of that plane. You see, David said in Psalm 119.48, my hands also will I lift up unto thy commandments. What are you reaching for? What are you urgent, urgently pursuing? And he said, at midnight I will rise to give thanks unto thee because of thy righteous judgments. So procrastination, it's blindly presumptuous. Stewardship, it's proactively urgent. And then finally today, and then we're finished, surrender is always immediate. It's always immediate. So let's look at verse number three, because or 60. It says, I made haste, and then he said, I delayed not. The, the word delayed is to linger. It, it's, it's, it's to pause on purpose. And he says, I didn't delay, I didn't, I didn't procrastinate, I, I didn't buy into the lie of later when it came to keeping your commandments. Now, the key thought here is that little moments of delay can lead to a lifetime of disobedience to God's commandments. Really can. And when, when we talk about you know, being passionate and urgent and, and focusing on what's most important. David really described this in great detail. He said in verse 30, 35, make me to go in the path of thy commandments wherein I do delight. So shall I uh, keep thy law continually. See his passion forever and ever, he says, verse 44. Verse 106, I have sworn and I will perform it. I will keep thy righteous uh, judgments. I will, uh, he said, I, I beseech thee, accept the freewill offerings of my mouth, O Lord, teach me thy judgments. My soul is continually in my hand, yet do I not forget thy law. What does he mean that my soul is in my hand? He's saying that at any given moment, I could be out of time. And so I'm not going to forget what's most important. Let me take you back to my college experience. I was in my dormitory and my residence hall was right across the street from uh, a building where I went to class and 
Consequently, I had a test the next day and, and everyone was going to bed and I, and I hadn't studied. I had procrastinated, kind of put off the studying. And this was a big test. It was a final exam. And so I decided, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sneak into that classroom and I'm going to start studying and I'm going to study as late as, it, as, it, as, it, as I need to. And then I'll go get some rest and I'll come over and I'll ace this test. And so I started studying. It was one, two in the morning. Finally, about three in the morning, I'm, 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 I'm struggling, but I have a little bit left and I want to finish it up and I'm walking back and forth. I'm slapping myself in the face. I'm doing everything I can. The coffee wasn't working. The snacks weren't working. And, and, and so finally I sat down. I'm, 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 just, I'm just dragging. Finally, you know where this is going. I, I laid down on the front row of that classroom. And friends, I didn't wake up until the classroom was full of my classmates and my teacher was shaking me, wondering what I was doing in a pair of shorts and a t-shirt with my hair up and drool slipping down my face. It was a mess. All because I bought into the lie of later. Now, as preposterous as that sounds and as, as crazy as, as embarrassing it was, as it was for me to walk past all my classmates with my hair all up and wiping drool off my face and it was just a really embarrassing moment, right? But, but as, as crazy as that is, we all have moments of regret because of what we've pushed off, because of what we failed to deal with, because of what we failed to confront. Many times, you know, that night I, I told myself, well, I can just get a little bit of rest. Ah, a little shut eye won't, I'll wake up, I'll have enough time. And we all tell ourselves these lies. And at the end of it, we realize they're lies. But, but what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to show you the truth so that you confront those lies ahead of time. And, and, and one day we're all going to wake up and we're going to realize that every minute matters. Every minute matters. And, and, and the lie of later says if, if it's just little, it matters little. But see, little moments matter much. Little moments matter. And the key thought that I want to leave with you today is the key to overwhelming, uh, overcoming the lie of uh, this overwhelming lie of, of later. The key to overcoming it is through consistent and constant surrender to the one who holds the future. You see, procrastination and the lie of later is trying to guess the future. It's wagering against the future. But God is wanting us to understand that the lie of later is what the devil tells us to push past the priorities that he's given us in our heart and in our life. Now, I've given you in your notes some of the other letters that are representation of Jesus, but I want to give you one more, and then we'll be, we'll be done. In Psalm 119, 164, it says this. It says, Shin, that's the, that's the letter in the Hebrew alphabet. It says seven times a day do I praise thee because of thy righteous judgments. The word, the letter shin is the 21st letter in the Hebrew alphabet. It, it means to be devoured. It means to be consumed by, but it's, it's not just about eating or consuming something or devouring. It, it's, it's actually about being overwhelmed or overshadowed by El Shaddai, the Almighty. Did you know that David also wrote Psalm 91 that says, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the El Shaddai, of the Almighty. Did you know that, that in uh, Isaiah, there's a couple places where Jesus is predicted to be the El Shaddai Adonai, the mighty, almighty God? 
that Jesus is that one that can overshadow any other lie, that can overshadow any other problem in your life. I don't know if you feel like you always lose to the lie of later, but there's one person who confront that in your life, and he is El Shaddai. He is the one that is the overwhelming presence. And when we are surrendered to the Almighty, it means we are overwhelmed by that presence in our life that cannot be pushed away, that cannot be delayed, that cannot be prey to our procrastination. Friends, don't wait today. Get close to Him. Don't wait today. Today is the day of salvation. Know Him. Make Him known. And let's not buy in to the lie of later. Thanks again for listening. If you would like to learn more about our church or how to get connected, check us out online at findnewlife.church or find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook under the handle Find New Life. Have an amazing day.